Listener-supported KFUO, we are the messenger of good news. I'm Gary Duncan, and it's so good to be with you here on the Midday Moments program. It's time for our moment on the lighter side. And this afternoon, once again, sometimes I wish I had a drum roll here. Uh, maybe that'd be just too much, <laughs> too much fanfare for this guy. We welcome back one of our regular guests. Let me introduce to you St. Peter of St. Peter's Hook and Crook. Hi. Too much fanfare, huh, Gary? <laughs> well, I don't know. Maybe not. <laughs> okay, well, whatever, whatever. It's, it is good to be back, Gary. Fanfare, fair and old fanfare. I wanted to hire a guy that could say, here's St. Peter. But uh, it wasn't in the KFUO budget, so sorry. Not in the budget. Well, that's okay. I'm sure people are glad you're spending it on more important things than a fanfare. Or right, here's St. Peter. <laughs> you know, before we get started, though, someone was telling me that you, you were, you've been talking with a good friend of mine a, a few weeks ago. Oh, oh yeah, I have. Uh, we had uh, a special series with Dr. Luke about his unique contributions to the passion story. Why do you ask? Well, well I understand he, he was trying to help you with, with your head problem there. Trying would, well, that would actually be an operative word. <laughs> he had all kinds of solutions, but nothing worked. Oh, well, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm sorry that I can't do anything for you. You know, here at the Hook and Cook, we have a complete line of fishing and sheep dipping supplies, but sorry. Not, nothing to help you with your problem of an empty head. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. I, I, it, it's not really like an empty head. The problem I like to refer to is just thinning of my hair. Oh, oh it was your, your lack of hair. Yeah. Oh, it, was your, he, it was your lack of hair he was trying to cure. Oh, well, <laughs> trust me, Gary, that's the least of the problems you have with your head. <laughs> <laughs> now, maybe sheep dipping stuff would work on my hair. I don't know. Huh. We'll have to think about that. <laughs> It really won't help your problem, though, Gary. Trust me. It's not a matter of sitting here. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you, you know, I still have Dr. Luke's phone number, and I have it there on my speed dial, so I could just hang up and call him next. <laughs> no, 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 Gary. No, no, I'm sorry. Enough of this joking around. I'm glad. I'm glad to be talking with you. Let's just forget about the problems with your head and move on. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we better just go ahead and move on. So what did you want to talk about this afternoon, Peter? Well, you know, it's still the Easter season, and, and I would like to share with you yet another Easter story. Oh, that would be nice. There are several Easter stories in which you uh, play a major role. Uh, yes, uh, this is actually a very personal story that I wish to share. Uh, but before I do so, I, I need to explain to you something unique about the Greek language. Uh, for this, uniqueness uh, plays a key part in, in the rather touching story I will share. Okay, Peter, I'd I really love to learn something new from you today. Well, in English, Gary, you know, we only have one word for love. But the Greeks, however, they have four different terms. Oh, I'm I'm familiar with uh, at least two of them. Pastors around here often talk about philos and agape. Well, you know, that's not surprising because those two key words there for love are, are in the Bible. Uh, but the Greeks actually had two more. The first of them is the word eros. Oh, I've heard of that word before. Eros. It's the word for love, all right, but usually a word associated with uh, something like uh, adult entertainment. Oh, right, so-called erotica. Right. It's a shame. It's a shame the word has taken on such negative connotations, because for the Greeks, it was simply a word for, for romantic love. Uh, the natural attraction that a man has for a woman. Unfortunately, in our age, that is a word for unnatural sexual attraction that a man has for another person, or as I mentioned, it's also a word used in so-called adult entertainment. Yeah, you know, it's a shame. It doesn't have anything to do with men and women anymore, does it? <laughs> right. 
<laughs> you know, and, and you know, it, it's a shame. It's a shame because originally there was nothing naughty about the word at all. I don't know. I've got that association. In, in fact, eros, you know, it was part of God's creation even before the fall into sin. Uh, you always got your Bible handy there. Read, if you would, Adam's response when he first saw Eve in Genesis 2, verse 32. Okay. Or 23. 23. Okay. Um, now I have to go Didn't back. To okay. Yeah, you got me confused here. Now I got it. Then the man said, This at last is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Now, now that's a classic example of Eros. But I think about it, Gary. If it wasn't for Eros, you and I probably wouldn't be here today. <laughs> yeah, and I, I must admit that I do enjoy the arrows that I have with my wife. And that's right and proper. Just as God designed it in creation, one man with one woman. Oh, but you are right. Unfortunately, Eros now stands for all kinds of deviations from God's plans. And it just seems like it's getting worse all of the time, Peter. Well, I hardly say things are good, <laughs> but trust me, it's still got a ways to go to be as bad as it was in my age, where even kings and queens were living in incestuous relationships. Ah, that's a story you should ask Dr. Luke about. He wrote about such things in his book of Acts. But for now, for now, we need, we need to return to our discussion of the four Greek words for love. So we've mentioned three of them so far. Philos, and that's where the Philadelphia comes from, actually, the city of brotherly love. We mentioned agape, and we mentioned eros. But what is the fourth? Well, the next word we need to talk about is, is storge. Storge. I've never heard that word before. Well, that's because it's not a word that's important in the Bible. Uh, but just to be thorough, we should mention it. Uh, it isn't a Greek word for, for natural affection, uh, the kind of attraction that family members have for each other. Um, Pastor Lekomsky, I think, could give you a good example of what storge is all about. What do you mean? Well, ha have you talked to Pastor Lekomsky lately, Gary? Well, I, I actually have talked to him, and it kind of depends on what you mean by talking to him. But you know, he will be here this Saturday morning at 9.05 to do Wrestling with the Basics, so maybe I could talk to him then. I had a nice job of sneaking a commercial yeah. in. I appreciate that. <laughs> I needed to plug it for my friend John. Well, if you get a chance to talk to him, ask him about his grandchildren. He'll go on and on about Lauren and Eric and Aubrey, John, Kayla, Haley, Aaliyah, Landon, and maybe even a word or two about his older grandsons, Brian and Austin. When he talks about these kids, you can just see the joy in his eyes. Now, that's what the Greeks would have called storge. So you've discussed the Greek word eros and storge, but what about the word the Bible uses for love, uh, philos or agape? is often referred to as you, you hinted you just said as brotherly love yes so you're right hence the word philadelphia the city of brotherly love so philly beef and cheese would be a sandwich of brotherly love <laughs> Doctor, it really, really didn't help you much with your head problems, did he? Well, it's lunchtime, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's right here at lunchtime on this Monday afternoon. I'm getting hungry. <laughs> it's on your mind, I understand. Yes. That. And I suppose, yes, Gary, it would be the sandwich of, of brotherly love. <laughs> but what's the difference then between Storke and Phyllis then? Well, uh, that's where the term brotherly love is a bit deceptive. Um, the Storge is a love that, in a sense, is imposed upon us. I mean, it's the result of the relations that are not ours, but uh, by choice, rather. As we've said, Storge is, is the fondness of child and parent, brothers and sisters, nieces and nephews. I suppose you could say Storge love is ultimately the consequence of Eros love. 
<laughs> yes, yes, you could say it that way. But Phyllis, on the other hand, now, now that's a love that is selective and voluntary. Uh, a, a relationship with another person based on shared interests and activities. I mean, you're not necessarily physically related to them, but, well, well for instance, our relationship would be a perfect example of Phyllis love, Gary. You know, we're not related, uh, but we do like each other. Oh, well, Peter, I didn't know that you cared, but you, you still can't have my beer. <laughs> <laughs> Come on now, Gary, don't be so silly. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I was just thinking I about thought, that f- old commercial from many years you're ago. You're so hungry and thirsty. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's lunchtime, <laughs> I, what can I, I say? The word, let me say something here. Okay. I suppose the word we would use in the English is the love of friendship. Friendship. Yeah, that would be for us. And, and I do count you as one of my dearest friends, Peter, despite all your insults. Well, it's all fun, you know, Gary. Oh, yeah, of course I know that, Peter. By the way, if you'd like to know more about these different kinds of love, I suggest you read a book by C.S. Lewis called The Four Loves of All Things. <laughs> or for a shorter version, you might read a commentary on that book written by a man named Peter Shakel, I believe. He, he wrote a book about C.S. Lewis called is your Lord large enough? Oh, I'll have to look those uh, books up here in, in the uh, library in the building. Well, I just like to give credit where credit is due. Well, you know where the library is? It's actually in our President Harrison's office, so don't tell him I sneak in there and look on the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he probably has both of those books on here. I would expect. But now we need to turn to the last term of love, agape. Yes, and we need to note uh, there's a big difference between agape and the rest of the words for love. All the things we've mentioned so far are loves that uh, kind of come natural to us. Why, why Jesus himself pointed out even the pagans, thieves, and evil men experience eros, storge, and philos. But agape is, is something not natural at all. I heard agape refers to as godly love, which of course would be something very different than human love. Yes, agape is frequently called the love of God. But I often wonder what that really means. How is God's love so different from ours? I believe I have an answer for that. Oh, well, cool. What is it? Well, I think the Bible marks the difference quite clearly. Read, if you would, a favorite passage of us all, John 3.16. Okay. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, so that whoever believes in him would not perish, but have eternal life. Now that is agape. Uh, but perhaps the passage that makes it even clearer is the wedding text of Ephesians 5. Okay. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now, Gary, you know what the Bible is talking about when it says Jesus gave himself up for her. Yeah, sure I do. It's talking about Jesus giving up his life for the church on the cross. And that is the very definition of agape. It is a love that is willing to make sacrifices for the beloved. Agape love is at its highest and the willingness to give up even your own life. You know, that's also exactly what Jesus said. No greater love does a man have than this, that he lay down his life for his friends. It is this willingness to sacrifice that distinguishes agape love from all the other loves. But this distinction, Gary, is not just something for the dictionaries. This distinction played a very important part in my life, and also uh, plays a very important part in the lives of us all. Here's what I'd like to do, Gary. Oh, what's that? I'd, I'd invite you and all our listeners to read, now, now get this written down here, John chapter 21, verses 15 through 19. So that's John 21, 
verses 15 through 19 this week. Now, you won't see it in English, but there are different words being used for love there. And these differences play a crucial role in what Jesus had to say to me that day. Then I'll come back next week and explain the personal impact these various words for love had for me. Okay, so I'm going to read, and also the listeners are going to read John chapter 21, verse 15 through 19, and then uh, come back. And that sounds like a pretty good plan for me, but I didn't realize you were going to give me homework. But I look forward to hearing (laughs) from you next week, even though you just gave me homework. You know, Matt Clark does that to me all the time, too, with our moment in Scripture on Fridays. So uh, we'll get all that information. We'll read it. We'll understand it or try to understand it. But you could explain it more when we talk again next week, Peter. And you know what, Peter? What's that, Gary? I think your comments today have helped my empty-headedness. Spoken with truth. Talk to you next week, Gary. (laughs) I'll talk to you next week as well. It's so good having you here. We are the messenger of good news, KFUO Radio.